Hello, family and friends. Welcome to TBD Network. This is a podcast by me, your host, Eddie. This is kind of a long episode, so we'll get right into it. But I just wanted to drop a couple of notes. This is a direct interview with uh, James Passanante. Amazing guy. I actually met him on a Discord server. Um, so shout out to the Risky Biscuit server. And uh, it's one of the game servers that I'm on. So shout out to those guys. Great, great group of guys. Um, as you will see and as you'll find out as we go through this discussion. I have a new opening theme song to this podcast. You'll probably hear it on most of the episodes. It's about a minute and 10 seconds long. I got a word from INT, the the MC out of Bayside, California. He is a uh, dude's amazing. Yeah, he's an amazing lyricist. So please listen to the track. You'll get why I think this is a perfect fit for this podcast. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. Thanks again. Enjoy the show. Sometime before time, there was a tribe of like minds trying to like mine. But despite time pressing on, my like minds were moving on. I stayed in the same song, waiting for them to drag me along. I spent my whole life trying to create hope. They try to look past, but my halo's in their way, though. Think fast and talk slow Words bottlenecks somewhere between Where my neck and face go I conversate so I can hear what you have to say My reply is usually if you say so Not a fan of confrontation and impatient The combination that makes it easy for me to stay home We're supposed to meet each other And discover something in ourselves When talking to someone else it's kind of hard bouncing conversation off the wall All you hear is echo can't evolve when you're by yourself Somebody's getting paid whenever you feel dismayed Just in case you forgot, we still need people Someone is lying, they try to make us an island Just to sell votes, they put an ocean between people They getting paid whenever you feel ashamed Just in case you don't know, we still need people Someone is lying, they try to make us an island Welcome to the uh, TBD Network podcast. I got James Pasanante. He is a union rep for what'd you say, twenty something years, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Been well. I've been working with unions in multiple capacities for about twenty years right now. Twenty-one years. Right on. Twenty-one years. Okay. Gotcha. And then uh, we were just discussing this uh, new. So let's see. It's uh, actually Mark Rubio is the senator that presented it, and it says he's uh, working. Okay, so it's called the Teamwork for Employees and Managers Act or Team Act, and to address one of the major problems with the modern U.S. economy: the lack of employee voice within a business. Mm-hmm. The typical problem has always been unions, but employees have increasingly rejected the union model. Only about six percent of the U.S. private sector workers. Belong to unions in 2021, mm-hmm. down from roughly 33% in 64. Mm-hmm. Union leaders often argue this is because of unfair employer practice, but the fact is many American workers see as many pitfalls to join a union as they do advantages. So and that was kind of my thing. So this is just coming from my own anecdotal evidence. Sure. Is that, uh, my own opinion on unions is pretty lax. Like I, I, I haven't seen a positive or negative that I guess the one positive that I have seen 
mm-hmm. is um, people in like, like my aunt works, worked for uh, Kroger, uh, King Supers, City Market, you know, that company. They've, they've had a union. She's been there. She's just retired, but she's been there with uh, a different, not the main one because she's a pharmacist tech. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. She, had, she had a, but she had a union and, you know, they, they've uh, strike, I think twice that I can remember um, since she's been there, maybe three times, but you know, that was all for their benefits and pay. And obviously that's their negotiating tactic, right? When, when the, they come to the table with their new contract, if it's disagreed upon between the unions and the employer, then they, they hold a strike and that's how they more or less, it sounds like they've always gotten what they wanted i it's hard to i've never actually really sat down with her but i mean it seems like that sort of pool is is an important aspect to have and what we're turning into and and i I, i'm not sure how familiar you are with the gilded age but so like in the 1920s they had the that's where a lot of the workers rights started to come in Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 20s 1930s Mm -hmm. and then you had union representation kind of became a really dominant force well shit it says 33 percent from 64 so i don't know do you know like uh i guess history speaking like uh what was uh the inception or the impetus for uh unions to begin with you know oh well i mean as far as um i mean well you mentioned the 1920s i know that the union that i work for now um, which is actually part of the international IBEW, and uh, I work for Local Three, but I work in the I work for the benefit department. So I just want to be clear. I, I I I'm not I'm not a union rep, but I work in the funds department, and I take care of all the financial statements. I used to do audits. I used to go to the contractors to make sure that they were in adherence with the collective bargaining agreement, um, things of that nature. My understanding is is that our our founder uh, Harry Van Osdale. Uh, amazing amazing man he uh championed for uh workers rights i mean he, he was pushing for women in the labor force um uh people of color men and women of color in the labor force uh in the early 70s 60s this guy is is, is unbelievable um i mean that that's all he would do he would just fight for workers rights and i know that yeah. it came from just unfair uh work practices you know because Essentially, you know, there's this, that, this meme, I don't know, you may have seen it, but it, it, it's it's almost rings true, you know, like, hey, uh, you know, you got your weekends, you got your days off, you got your holidays, you got your vacation time, you got this at work, you get your paid holidays, you get this, that, you get all these great things, that, you know, seven hour work days, eight hour work days, hour lunch breaks, this, that, thank you, union rep. So, you know, so so it's true because because that's how it started. And I could see how people get entangled with um you know the ills so to speak of the union and and i i get that so i could see where people come from but but it basically came from it stemmed from you know you you had a workforce where people were being treated unfairly especially in the industrial sector we um our union's one of the rare ones that also unionized that um that particular industry and they were experiencing it more because, you know, they're in warehouses, factories, assembly lines. And these employers were taking really, really, really horrible advantage of them, uh, working them 12, 14 hour days, paying them at that straight wages, no breaks, no, you know, no this, uh, barely time to eat their lunches. 
And, you know, that's when it, it, it formed. The guys got together. Hey, what are we doing here? You know, and then when they realized that, you know, look, hey, man, there's, there's 300 of us in this place. You know, if if we all got together, then maybe we can make a change. And then it all stemmed from that. And unfortunately, you know, bureaucracy, everything else gets involved. And then you get your union reps and then you get your president. Now, all of a sudden, the union's formed. And it, it, it's it's how can I say it? It's all it's almost a. Uh, you know, it, it kind of funds itself. It's then created, right? And then at that point, now you have to have dues or some form of payment coming in to now support the function of an administrative team. So it really starts to get into more levels and levels of uh, unions, private sector, public sector, so things of that nature. So that then that's how it, it all spawned. And then you get your locals. Your locals, you got local one, local two, local three. They all branch off. And then that, that, that's how it's for you have You have your union members. Right. They pay dues. They pay dues into the union department. And as you said, the union's supposed to represent them. That's supposed to represent the fact if uh, a particular employer comes and has a, a grievance or he wants the guy to do something that's outside of the collective bargaining agreement. That's when the union's supposed to come in and represent that said member and, you know, basically fight on his behalf, talk to the employer, see, you know, what they could do about getting a situation fixed. That's the function they're supposed to serve. But then you also have the benefit portion of it, right? Guys get um, vacation pay, uh, pension, of course. So that's all funded by the employers. So the money comes into the fund, right? The union guys don't don't handle it. That's where the corruption gets involved, right? That's when, yeah. you know, in the 50s, the 60s, you had all these organized crime uh, looking at it as a way to funnel their money and their ill-gotten gains, you know, was through the unions, um, that is frankly is gone that that element has been gone for quite some time. I could say that, uh, on a New York level, they're nowhere near where we are. They haven't controlled the unions in a very, very long time. So, um, you know, it's a lot different now, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's pretty much it. You got your union, your benefit fund and your employers that that's the environment. That's the entire union environment. And yeah. I, the benefit, the benefit fund is what is uh, you're like your retirement payout, right? Isn't that kind of what it is that, or is that included with the uh, health health payments and stuff too, or is that just? Oh, oh yes, oh yes. yes. What, what, what oh, pension plan? Pension is that yeah. is that part of pension? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah, no, you you actually explained it well because yeah, you pension, you got your your trust, and then you got your health and welfare side, and yes, we we administer everything. We uh. So, I mean, man, if you, you know, you want to talk about unions, the union I work for is they have benefits that would blow your mind. And it really, uh, yeah, no, this is uh, our union. If you went and uh, spoke with the members, none of them would really turn around like, oh, no, we, we have a horrible package. I mean, these guys get educational, cultural benefits, uh, scholarship benefits for their kids. Um, they, they go to school. I mean, man, we take the apprentices. We, we get them a, 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 an associate's degree. Uh, yeah, th these guys are getting educated. They're, they're going, we have a training facility. and uh, It's probably one of the most comprehensive training facilities in all of the United States, not just New York. Um, and yeah, we, we, we take it very seriously, man. These guys get ridiculous benefits. And, you know, Harry, our founder, Van Arsdale Jr., amazing man. Uh, he's the one who did that. He's the one who fought for all those benefits. I mean, we get seven hour work days, one you know, hour for lunch, breaks. 
he he's phenomenal this guy and he gets they get a lot of work out of their members so hence why they're still relevant in today's economy but you know again I, it's it's difficult it's it's as you mentioned 10 it's right now the actual number according to uh the bureau of labor statistics it's 10.3 percent and 2021 that that's your union representation in the united states Oh, I gotcha. Well, yeah, like uh, like I like I was talking to you earlier um, when we, when we first were discussing having this conversation. The uh, the news sources that I listen to, um, they're very worker driven, populist driven. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, populist kind of gets a bad rap, but I mean, populism comes from the detriment of of a failed corporatocracy. You know, like when when these when these government institutions start to when people start to realize that there's problems within the system, that's where populism starts to come from, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, the, a lot of that, you know, you get a populist left and a populist, right. Currently our, our dynamic is people that are conservative or even I'd even push them further. More of the populism comes from the Trump side of the, of the, of the right. Mm-hmm, whereas mm-hmm. the populism on the left is more the, socialist marxist type type individuals you know that are kind of but in between i think is always where the answers are right like where where we can find our balance yeah and uh streamers you know they form is wrong period right right so like you know that there's there's a uh uh, was it the amazon in bessemer alabama did you watch Uh that story at all uh, no, no. I, I mean, I'm familiar with what happened with Amazon in New York. I'm very familiar with that, but no, I, I, I did not. Yeah, yeah. So they they were trying to unionize down there, and one of the the arguments that they, I guess they were they, that Amazon actually got in trouble because they were hindering the 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 tactics, the union busting tactics they were using. They they actually got them um, a court case for that one, which oh, is wow. good, you know. If people are going to vote, you know, you should let them let them vote, like let them make their decision, at, you know, for the workers. I think it was it was interesting that they they thought that they had a bigger support down there. And it uh-huh. turned out that they when they when they did the vote, even even with the the possible, you know, union busting tactics that they still probably denied it. And one of the arguments they said was that the union that was coming in there to talk about them, they were talking about instituting like BLM and instituting some other social justice stuff. And the issue was that the workers, that's not what they had an issue about. You know, their issue was about getting paid more, having better benefits, getting better protection from that company. Of course. You know, so when, when the union came in and was making these arguments about social justice, they, they were like, well, that might've turned off those employees, right? Like they, they want they want representation for the things that are important to them yeah. not representation for whatever the popular culture war is yeah, right? yeah 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 absolutely i agree i agree that that makes no sense to me that makes no sense to yeah me. it's kind of productive at that point yeah you know and then what uh one of the things that, that like i always hear is uh you hear the the concept of and I, and I, I kind of, I hate this argument because it's, it's a, it's a, it's simplistic. I think it's oversimplifying a, a very deeper issue. But like, a lot of people will say that unions, uh, you know, it forces the company to pay more. Mm-hmm. So in, in essence, when the company's paying more, it causes the company to fail, right? So because mm-hmm. they've got to pay out these extra wages, and it's almost, it's almost like the uh, minimum wage 
argument, right? So <laughs> like if, if, if a company has to be paid, if you have to pay your employees more, this is in turn going to affect the, the employer and could cause the employer to, to fold or shut down or whatever. Mm-hmm. So what, what's your thoughts on that? Oh man, on that particular aspect, that's actually, that's actually quite interesting. See, I, I feel that the wealth gap in America today is just absolutely disgusting. If we look at the fact of what's being represented up at the 1%, the 1% is just pulling away from us so much further and further. I, and I'm not saying unions are a, 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 you know, a, a solution for that. They're not. But they can help uh, the working man in some capacity. And I think that in that particular instance, what you just mentioned, Eddie, is that I feel, okay, those workers wanted their representation. And, you know, inherent in the union belief, and some may not believe this or or know about this, uh, really, because it's really education. Um, We are highly into hiring a diversified workforce, labor force. Um, It's inherent in the union spirit. This is what we represent nowadays. And at Local 3, can I tell you something? All our major positions, man, if I told you we are the biggest pile of alphabet soup you've ever seen in your darn life. I mean, you know, (laughs) it's ridiculous. My my HR managers of ethnicity, my my boss is Hebrew. I'm Italian. Uh, What's it called? Kevin Duffy is Irishman. Then we got, we have another woman of uh, ethnicity who's an administrator all people of power positions of power the head of employments of a, a, a woman a woman of ethnicity we are our hr's woman uh, it's it's like really like in our environment we don't think about those things because and i'm being frank look i know they exist and i'm not saying we live in a bubble but it, it's it's there we're already doing this and we've been doing this for ages and this is what you know the message so it's very difficult for me to see it through different, like a different lens. And I get it. You know, people say, oh, what have unions done? This, that, the other thing. But, you know, there are some unions that really care about their employers. And can I tell you something? And I'll explain it this way. We had a meeting, right? And we, we call it a huddle. So we all come into the huddle and it's all like the, you know, so I'm a manager. So whatever. I'm, I'm also considered administrator. So in the union environment, administrator is basically the boss. That's, that's the boss. So my boss is, and I'm right underneath them. So we have our little meeting, and this is what my boss says. He comes in, he's furious, furious, livid. He's like, let me tell you something. He starts screaming at everyone. He's like, we are here because of these members. He goes, if I ever have to hear another goddamn phone call, you didn't call back a member. I mean, I'm serious, livid, screaming, foaming at the mouth. He goes, you will be fired immediately. And just like that, he goes, we are here because of these men. Their dollars, their hours, their backs made this goddamn place. You remember that. You ain't got time to pick up the phone for them, then you ain't got time to work here. And I was like, wow. So, you know, it, it's very real. <laughs> it's very real, and it's not a talking point. So, so that, right, that right. you know, so it's difficult to say, you know, one way or another because – and obviously I've seen it from other capacities as we discussed the public and private sector. So that's, that's another big problem that is that we get blended in with that entire uh, public, you know, unions. We have nothing to do with those unions. You know, if we don't do well, we don't get hired. <laughs> Our guys sit on the bench. So we have to go out and produce and we have to make money for these contractors. So back to that, that's just what it all intertwines. The contractors, okay, uh, yeah, does it make them pay more weight? Yes, it does. But can I tell you, Eddie, this is why it's good. I'm glad you have me on the show. I used to do audits. I see their books and records. I see their financial statements. They make 
tons of money. Okay. And that's the issue in America. Okay. These guys make millions. They're not, they're not, oh, you know, 500,000, 600,000. No, they are making multi million dollars off this industry. So, if, and that while they're paying union wages. So, if that to me is the case, then, then it, to me, now the real question is when is enough enough? Is 1.5 million not enough for you to make uh, while you're employing 50 employees that can now send their kids to school, go pay a mortgage, go live a normal middle class life? I mean, I don't think that's too much to ask. You're still making millions of dollars. How much more do you need to make? So then it boils down to greed. (laughs) Yeah, and it's funny, like uh, there's there's you know, discussions that I have on, on social media that, uh, and I, and I try to veer away from people that are, that are toxic, you know, that don't really want to discuss anything. They just want to yell and scream, but, uh, <laughs> and I'm sure you're familiar with it. I like to talk, man. And I apologize. I was just, I was just being uh, demonstrative before just trying to demonstrate, but, but you know, the, 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 uh, the passion that he had behind his. Oh Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's good. I'm glad that you do because I, I try to as well. If you're toxic, get the heck away, man. I don't it's, need Yeah, it. it's, you know, it just, it, to me, uh, the whole purpose, well, what, you know, what social media can you be used for is actually gaining perspective from other people and kind of being able to to figure out what the best bet is to move, you know, move the country forward, move our society forward. I love that. But uh, one of the things this guy was talking about, he's like, well, I don't really talk about greed because greed is, greed is uh uh perspective you know certain things are greedy but i agree with you like like there's this thing right now like uh one of the the, i i don't understand the necessity for a billionaire you know anybody in this anybody in this country that's a billionaire you can i can almost guarantee you they're either corrupt or they're they're they they've you know who knows what they've done to get to that point i love it i love it i agree with you you know, there's there. I, I just I don't believe there's a morally acceptable billionaire. I don't. That, that doesn't. And it's 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 and and like you said, like right now, outside of uh, the supply chain and outside of government spending and and all that, one of the other aspects that they don't seem to bring up a lot of the time is that these companies are showing marginal record profits, meaning that not only are they making money, they're making more money than they ever have before. Oh yeah. And, like oh. these oil companies, these uh, the Amazon, Amazon, free transportation services, they're making hand over fist money, right? Oh, and yeah. and and these they're there, but their employees aren't getting anything. Yeah, yeah. So the ones it's who make like, you money, the ones who make you your millions, your billions, your hundreds of millions that you're not they're right. not getting paid. Right. And it's not like, you know, and I'm not saying that because, the, 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 you know, the, the Marxist argument usually is like the money should go to the people working. But you do need there's there's this symbiotic relationship between your employer or should be between so, your employer and your workers. And it seems like, you know, as, as things go unchecked, as our our, our government is, is being more represented by corporations rather than the people it seems like the the shift goes to where the employer becomes the parasitic function of of pulling away benefit pulling away you know time because one of the biggest things that people give away is their time you you trade you trade your your number of days on earth to work for a job and if the job is treating you like shit 
I don't see why you wouldn't, uh, you know, like unions or any, I, I, some sort of representation. And it seems weird to me that people don't, like, especially on the conservative block, mm-hmm. it, it's odd to me that they, they don't think that having some sort of voice in the role of the employer or, or having a seat at the table is important. Wow. I, you know what, Eddie? I, I love that you said that because I can actually bring some perspective to that if you don't mind, please. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so this is quite incredible. So, so being the fact that I do work at the Benefit Fund, I get to talk to a lot of the union reps and I'm friends with a lot of them because I myself, I used to be a union member, not in this particular union, but I worked for um, excavation union. I was in a glass handlers union. So I, I, I work with these guys and, um, when I talk to them, I say, hey, man, you know, how do you guys feel? I asked him about Trump. I said, hey, he was in office for four years. I said, did he really kill you guys that bad? Because, you know, now I'm talking about it from a financial perspective. I said, you know, our funds grew net $3 billion since he came wow. into office. I said, so I'm just letting you know. I said, he was really, really good for our funds. So I said, I don't know about the labor force. Did you experience any ultra high unemployment? He goes, no. I said, okay. So then we're talking. You know what he says to me? So then he reads between the lines. James, our membership is becoming a lot like you. And I said, excuse me, what do you mean? He's like, well, he goes, we're finding that we have a lot more members that are now conservative. But they share these, you know, union values that, that, that we hold so dear. He goes, and it's, it's incredible. So then I said, really? Okay, great. Now I talk to another friend who works for, so to put it in perspective, our union represents in total with families about 50,000 people. So now there's another union called the Communication Workers Association. uh, It's Verizon. So, you know, the company Verizon, are you familiar with that company? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cell phone service. Yeah, I use them. Yeah. Cell phone, well, over here, they got everything. We have their cable service. They, they, they have their hands into a lot of things. And they're the communication workers. So they take care of all that stuff. They do the installs. Great. Guess what? He'll tell you the same exact thing. He's like, James, he goes, we noticed such a tremendous uptick. And I know the president, the vice president, and the, the vice president said to me, he says, we have such an uptick of people, again, like you. That, that have some, some see i'm not a full-blown conservative so i don't like to say that word i mean i i do lean more towards the right but i am also sensible enough to come back to the middle or even lean left if need be if it's going to make sense and it's going to work so right. he said that, that this is what the the labor force now in new york at least is starting to become and again do, is it because of donald trump I, I don't know i mean i i really don't but there is a large number of union represented members that are now quote unquote conservative, which is quite incredible. Hmm. Yeah, that is. And that is, I mean, I think that's kind of the, uh, like what you said, you know, kind of labeling yourself that way is I don't think a lot of people fit into what people's preconceived notions of these, of these boxes are, you know, so it's yes, not, yes, yes, you yes, know? Yes. Yeah. And it's, and I think that's where for me, like when, like I, I always trip people out because I'm not, I'm, I'm middle, but I'll lean left when it comes to to the benefit of the people, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm conservative in spending as far as you know, like like you don't obviously you don't you don't want you you don't want to run your budget into the the negatives, right? Like it's that's not what you're, you're the idea is to have a sustainable working economy, and yes. to me right now what's what's going on is like you said, there's so much greed and corruption that these people are. Not necessarily looking to, to, uh, 
it's almost like they they anticipate that shit's gonna go south and they're just trying to get as much as they can so they can build their spaceship and fly off the planet you know (laughs) (laughs) it's it's ridiculous it's ridiculous like i I did this uh i had this little clip of uh a a little episode i did just kind of talking about bezos and how he had that ship built up there. Up, up oh, what a, oh, what a piece of shit. Oh, man. Yeah. So, it makes my blood boil. <laughs> but then he was just talking about like, and it was, he almost spent between his, his boat and the, the fact that he has to tear this bridge down and put it back up. You're, he's almost spent a billion dollars for a luxury item, you know, and it, it's crazy. To me. It's like, and he still has money. Like he's going to spend a billion dollars on a boat and he's going to still have more than enough money to live his kids to live build a giant penis ship and fly off the planet you know? it's crazy to me I just Damon, I don't, now this is where you and I can really connect man because I feel <laughs> the same exact way i i mean to me it makes me completely and utterly sick and that's why i can really associate with your side or the the you know the left side because like i speak with the union guys that's where we get along so great because guess what i hate the waltons i hate everything they represent i hate what they do to their workers what they've done they had to have a gun put to their head so they could give them their 15 bucks an hour you're now 15 dollars an hour during an eight percent inflation is now worth nothing do you really doing these workers a goddamn favor by paying them 50 you're not you're not if you value your employees you would on your own pay them more money you wouldn't just say so better yet if you think 15 dollars an hour is good then you know what why don't you give your little niece or nephews up and coming 18 give him a a 15 dollars an hour job don't give him any help and let's see how he fares in life you jackass oh it makes me sick dude these people yeah and it's disgusting because this man – so you're funny. You mentioned these billion dollars, right? You know what I did? I went on. I did a Google search to find out how many Amazon employees there were. And I said, you know what? If this asset – he could have gave each one of – every single one of his employees, he could have gave him a $1,000 bonus, you know? And mm-hmm. maybe he could have used that a hell of a lot more than sitting here watching you on YouTube go off in a space, you jackass. I mean right. – you know what I'm saying? Come on, man. And yeah. you say, this is billions, man. This isn't peanuts. And I love how right. in society we're throwing around numbers like trillions, like they're like they're nothing. Excuse me. Like we're in 30 trillion in debt, dude. Like that's <laughs> we can come out of, you know, in two seconds. Like, hello, wake up, you yeah. know? Well, and it's it's crazy when you see because like our system works based on 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 returning to the system right so you make money you buy something that goes back into the these people make money they spend it on their employees their employees go out and buy something right like that's the cycle that that money is supposed to work in and then if you get people that save money they can maybe open their own business they can open their own you know side hustle whatever but that's like you said that that gap is increasing and and the uh, the argument on the and i you know, from a lot of people that, that I talk to on the right, I live in a fairly conservative town. So, so, you know, I always kind of get their perspective and, so, and the, the, the people that the argument is that, you know, you don't want government to get involved. And I well, yeah, that's probably true. Like being from a libertarian standpoint, I don't think government needs to be involved in every aspect of our, our daily lives. Neither do I, I but, agree. But with, with if you just leave corporations to run rampant, that, that becomes a problem too, right? Like, yeah. 
And what we've got now is not only do we have government regulation, but they're allowing them to run rampant and create, you know, these monopolies where they have full control over the system. And, and you, we get these, these Congress members and these people that get into the position of power and they're, they're, I don't know if they're necessarily, they go there thinking that, Hey, I'm just going to get rich and stay here. And, yeah. and the corporate people coming, or if it's once they're there, they start to get that money rolling in, and they're <laughs> like, "Oh, maybe, maybe this is, maybe I will side with this big corporation." You know, they make a good point. You know, like, <laughs> big, <laughs> you know, like this is, and then, and then slowly, we're just we're we have government-backed monopolies. Yes, while the working class is just getting shit on. You know? uh, absolutely and that's that's what it seems to be more and more and especially i mean listen and and i have to say even like with with it seems to be any administration because this one now is in oh we're in constant contact with twitter and 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 social media apps and I, why should we be happy about that why should i be happy that i know that you're you're chatting with mark zuckerberg another billionaire freaking douchebag you know i, I mean it's like, how does that make me feel? Like, you know, I, it doesn't make me feel good. So I don't know why you're telling me this. And it's like, why are you guys, like you said, so it's like you're, you're doubly fucked, right? Because now you're fucked as the government. And then also now they're siding with the same people. It's, it's absolutely insane. And that's why I don't see a way out of it, though, Eddie. Like, how do we close that wealth gap? I just, I don't see it happening. It's, it's almost yeah. impossible. Well, I think part of the part of the problem is the apathy of the people, right? Like, um, I think Trump kind of explained this or showed this what what our country, how our country thinks. So mm -hmm. we had we had we had this guy come in, right? And he's he's not a a, a politician, mm -hmm. and he he's espousing workers' ideologies, right? Like he's talking about the economy, he's talking about. Uh, getting paid more he's talking about making more money in america he's talking about so he he rallies up this group of people but he's kind of an asshole right yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so but people don't focus on policy they focus on his character and his character is obviously uh, you know he's he's human so he, he makes mistakes and you know, he's doing some stuff. There's a couple things policy wise I didn't agree with, but some of it I kind of agreed with. And I think with most yeah. most of these presidents, they're kind of half and half ish, you know, like you can yeah. you can kind of stand behind part of it. But the the everybody's interest in politics was about his character. Yeah. So yeah. they didn't care about policy. They didn't care about who was in Congress, who the Senate was, SCOTUS, like that wasn't a big deal unless Trump opened his big mouth and said something specifically on on his opinions. Yes, yes, yes. No. <laughs> you know, so once he got out of office, their whole political identity was gone because they were only there to attack Trump's character. So now, now we're back to the status quo, and you can obviously see how well the status quo is working. And not not to not to give uh, you know. Biden's got quite the fucking plate to deal with, so it's not like uh, I'm gonna say you know it's completely his fault. But bringing somebody in based on identity politics, rather than like they had so many good people on the Democratic side that that they could have put picked, but the 
you know, they, they had to, the DNC had to pull in one of the good old boys. And yeah. That, yeah. You know, okay, I this really guy, that that, that kind of killed me too, bro. I, I think that that could have been, we, we really didn't have the greatest of choices, man, to, to choose between, you know, we really didn't, man. That was, that's very sad. And then we ended up yeah. with it. And, and in no offense, I mean, the guys, aside from the obvious, I mean, he obviously has some type of a mental defect. You know, he can't formulate sentences properly. You know, his wife and, and a, one person, and it's actually an interesting perspective. They said his wife, Jill, really not. I mean, they said that she should be ashamed of herself, but um, she's a brilliant woman. She's very brilliant. And they said for her to turn around and let her husband go through this. I mean, the guys, hey, let's go, Brandon. That's right. Let's go, Brandon. I mean, obviously, there's something wrong with you, you know, I mean, right. you know. You know, so it's I don't know. But again, I, I that's amazing how you mentioned that whole identity politics, because you're right, because pre President Trump was judged strictly off his character. He, the guy could have freaking I mean, well, look, you know, look at what he did over in United Emirates and uh, these countries over there. He uh, created peace between a lot. And it kind of, you know, kind of just went under the rug. The guy went over to North Korea, not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's bad, but. When was the last time you've seen the South Korean and North Korean leaders cross over into each other's country and shake each other's hands? I mean, that's right. something you and I never thought we'd ever see as long as you and I breathe fucking air on this earth. And it happened. Right. And all right. this stuff got swept under the rug because guess what? He's an asshole. For, oh, this guy's making fun of people. I mean, you know, if the guy just shut his goddamn mouth. You know, yeah. it, it probably would have been a lot better. But you're right. He got judged off of his tweets and his this and that as opposed to his policy and now it's like now you, you you flip it around and it's like a whole different set of of you know identity politics it's amazing it's a very good perspective right right yeah i know and that's that's the uh that's and then you know it shifted once they got got him out of office that's what i was saying on that last episode i said you know that they didn't vote for biden they voted against trump yes yes now now that Trump is out, this is what you have, right? You have you have your not Trump. That's what you wanted was not Trump. So yep. not, not Trump has to has to function. And I wouldn't wish that job on on anybody, especially with what we're dealing with right now. I mean, between between coming back from COVID and dealing with all that, and then having to deal with Ukraine and this this slight choke of an economy and just all this, you know, all the issue that we've got going on right now. I don't, I don't, I, it's always easy to turn to the, the guy in charge and be like, you know, it's his fault. It's his fault. But ultimately, oh, yeah. Listen, to, to a certain extent, he has to accept blame. I mean, I, I don't like right. the fact that he, he likes to, he puts blame on everyone else except for himself. Um, he does, you know, yeah. Eddie, I'm a very firm leader, bro, and I, I'm a manager at my job. And can I tell you something, brother? I, I am very stern. I love my workers. And can I tell you something, man? I treat them like gold. There's no need to be a, a particular way, you know? And the way I, I lead is, is if I did something – so I'll give you a perfect example. We were doing – we have to do an expense allocation at our job, so we're doing it. And the controller asked me a question, and my head was muddled. I, I take care of multiple tasks and I shot off the cuff and I said an answer that wasn't correct. But then I had, a, then I picked back up on it. I said, Whoa, wait a second. And I shot over. I just went to my boss. Listen, I want you to know I messed up. That was wrong. 
I took blame right away. That's the way a, a true leader steps up. A true leader steps up, he takes that blame. That heat gets put on him. It doesn't get put on his team. So that's the right. only thing I don't like. I don't like when people deflect blame. You know, look, if you did something and you messed up, it's okay. We're human beings. We all make mistakes, dude. You know, and I'll give you another great example. We had something go on with IT, right? And this is what the IT manager says to me. James, I just need to know specifically what happened. It's not a big deal. We'll fix it in five minutes. But if I don't know exactly what happened, then that's it. The truth's got to come out. You can't sit there and keep saying, oh, I don't know what happened. And, and then hope the IT guy finds it. No, step up, be a man, be a leader. Take it. So that's what I did. My, my coworkers are sitting. I said, you know what? I took the blame. I, did, I said, Sanjay, listen, I screwed up. I right clicked. I did something, blah, blah, blah. It was me. Okay. It was around 1150. Okay. Are we good? He's like, James, we're good. Thank you. Bye. Click. That's all it took. So I'm like, wow, right, right. We, we, set it to, we would have delighted. I'm not, I'm not kidding, Eddie. We would have spent hours on that. Now the IT guy gets pissed. Now he calls his boss. His, you understand what I'm saying? It's, I don't know. It's just to me, I find real leaders really, they take blame. They shoulder the blame and, and, and they go through it. And, and, and mm. Trump was good with that. That, that well, nah, not really. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not at all. I was going to say, he was, he, that, that was, that was my issue with that guy. Was that, was that, he wasn't, he was a businessman, but I don't feel like he was a good leader because you know, leaders, leaders lead, right? And his, his thing was, let me take the lead. He, yeah. he wanted to drag the country kicking and screaming down the road, however it was going to work to make it work. Like, that's all he cared about. And then as long as he was in the forefront, he didn't care. Yeah. You know, he, he loves, he loves attention. He still oh, loves yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He'll do it he does. Yeah. He does. He does. Oh, come but, on. He sounds like every other day, dude. I, I know. Right. Right. I like so, the guy, but I'm also, I'm not, I'm not ignorant enough to sit here and be like, oh, he's, he's, you know, he's bulletproof. No, come on, man. He's yeah. A, yeah. He's amazing. He's amazing. Oh, yeah. No. And, and, and the thing is, is like I said, we're all, you know, you know? <laughs> it, it's weird that, that people idealize these, these, these supposed quote unquote leaders. Because they're not, they're they're just human. They're just like everybody else, you know. And in fact, they're worse because a lot of them, they're they've made a career out of being a politician. Yeah. You know, most most of us have, you know, we 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 do the daily grind, you know, in and out to support our families, support our 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 particular economic situation. Of course. And these guys go in there manipulating everything that we do to make more money for themselves and yeah. until until the people actually step up and pay attention to their congress representatives and their senate representatives like the guys that make all the laws in the first place if you're not watching them and you're so focused on the damn president you're you're missing out you know yeah. you're 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 not you're that this is and this is what you were saying what what's the fix the fix is really for people to get involved and start paying attention to the guys that make the laws and not the guy that sits in the big chair, you know, yes. like that, that's like right now we've got, I was kind of looking her up cause that, that new SCOTUS. Uh, oh yes, 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 yes. I was curious on that. Yes. Yeah. Cause she's apparently she's a pro union person with degree. So I'm kind of curious. Ooh, no, we're talking about <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, because that was, you know, that was the, again. That's another one of those identity politics things. But in, in essence, like I was talking to a friend of mine, he's like, "Oh yeah, it doesn't even matter that he's not going to look." I go, "Well, yeah, but the the you got to kind of like 
our system isn't structurally benefiting to being naturally diverse. You know, you, you, I think when you get to the workers at a workers level, yes. When you get to the law level or you get into like attorneys and judges, it's not exactly a diverse group of people because, you know, you're looking at, there's an income disparity and you can look at it from a class perspective, but even if you look at it from a class perspective, if you look at the poor class of people in this country, a large mm-hmm. chunk of them are going to be people of color. That's just mm-hmm. how the dots roll. You know, it's no, not like, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, it's, I it's, understand that. Yeah. And I mean, it's not, it's not, and it's to sit there and, and, you know, ignore that. If you want to say you want to bring up the lowest income people to, to, you know, a particular position, that's cool. You know, that one of the things that uh, the, what, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm into like stoicism and uh, Greek philosophers and stuff like that. Oh, okay. okay. And, and they used to uh, like Marcus Aurelius and, and people above before him, they would adopt um, a person to take over. Uh-huh. So they, it wasn't like your son. They would actually go out and find and adopt somebody usually. From wow. The and that was the guy that would take over. You know, because they would train him and put him through school and, and give him all this prestige. And wow, they incredible! Were, no nepotism. That's amazing. Right? Yeah. So it was, and I don't know necessarily if it was because they just didn't want to take on like a wife, or maybe they thought that this would make it so they wouldn't have to worry about the blood issues and you know stuff like that. But it, it was it was just interesting that that it's like well they you know they kind of they knew back then that you had to kind of deal with stuff but you know if you know history at all marcus aurelius was the last like good leader they had and even Mm -hmm, during mm -hmm. his time he was dealing with a lot of wars and stuff yep and then after him they had a hundred years of shit (laughs) really really yeah so i mean and and he wasn't i mean just like his his thoughts and stuff he was a very um knowledgeable and wise leader you know and and that's one thing i think we're missing in our country right now is that we don't have people that are like the they're they're either disconnected from the general working populace or they're just uh they're they're uncompassionate or discompassionate about everything you know like they just don't care about anybody but their own little bubble and i think that's that's the issue I agree with you. I like I said, man. Back to the the workers and uh, you know making a hundred thousand a year and the owner pulling you know two point one or two point two million and it not being enough for them. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, again, I, I get it. Look, you know, inherit as a human being, right? You always want to strive to be better in any aspect. I believe, you know, and that's the way I was raised. That that no matter what, whatever the the situation is, you need to learn from it. Bad, good, everything. There's always something that's didactic that you could take from it and and really apply to your life and move forward with right so you know it's like but then you look at these guys and i'm like you know like all right i fall in that category okay like i work i work two jobs bro i I do side jobs uh you know whatever i'm not crazy but like i i have a forensic um, uh accounting degree an mba in forensic accounting so i utilize that i help with fraud cases and things of that nature and then i also do my, my my normal nine to five same with my wife she also works a side job 
But this is how it is. I mean, and we're in this class. And you know what, Eddie, I'm happy, man. I'm, I'm very happy. I'm not, you know, like everything I'm looking to do in my life is just to stay within this realm. I don't need extravagant, you know, I don't need billion dollar boats. I don't need a, a, a million. You know what I'm saying? Those, those things are irrelevant to me. And that, that misses the point of life. It, it's I, I can have just as much fun, if not more than a millionaire, a billionaire with my couple hundred thousand a year. So to me, you're a millionaire. You're allowing, you know, whatever. Like I said, your workforce to live that type of a lifestyle. I think that's a blessing to me. Like, and you know, like our our negotiation. So right now, we're going through negotiations. And when you see these guys, you know, you talk to, you know, you talk to a lot of people, and right away, it's oh, these guys are millionaires. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. These guys hire our members, so take it easy, you know, first and foremost. Okay, so right. and that's a, that's another big issue. So now, like, to get back to the union aspect. You know, you got to look at unions and all. We said 10.5 in America. But you got to remember something. Out of that representation, a lot of it, a good portion of, uh, a little over half, is the uh, public sector, which is your, your, um, your DMV workers, your city, your state, your municipal workers. You know, they don't truly represent the private sector of, of the unions which is another big, um, you know, another big mistake that people make, you know, and, and they think they lump us together with them. You know, you got to understand these people are, you know, they're in positions of where they don't they don't get fired. They, they, they're on no matter what. They, their work performance could be crap. They just they, they sit there, just push buttons all day. Man, it's not like that. In our union, you're like that. You get blackballed. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Once they know on the job that you're you're whatever, have a drug habit or you're a very poor worker or something that accident, you're not getting hired. You know, that same person in the public sector. Well, guess what? That person may make a career out of it and get a pension on your mind tax dollars. You know, our tax dollars aren't paying for these uh, private guys. It's millionaires. I hate to say it. It's millionaire developers right. that want to build buildings in Manhattan and they want them to go up properly. And I'm not trying to say that you can't do it properly, but we fought, we have to follow all the codes because we're mandated by the federal government. Now, that leads to another big issue with unions, and, and the public is not aware of this, and they need to be made aware of it, is the mm -hmm. fact that unions, you have to, and you, you would know this, Eddie, you pay your dues, right? So if we have a member in our union, let's say he gets laid off five times, right? But he keeps paying his dues. I have to keep, we have to keep finding that man work. Th this is the federal government that enforces this, and they enforce this through ERISA. ERISA is hmm. the Employees Retirement Income Security Act or whatever, 1944 or whatever, I believe it was enacted. And it, the federal government stands behind. So the federal government says, well, since that member is paying his dues, you are now obligated to find him work. But, but Mr. Government, um, he's ruining our membership because we're, we want to send a crew of 10 really good guys to a big contractor to impress them. And unfortunately, this guy's part of the 10. He's going to make us he's a black guy. We would like to get rid of him. We'll we'll give him a severance, whatever. But we would like to, you know, expunge him from the union. He's not he's not following our values, our core values, whatever it may be. And we can't by law. We can't. So we have to, you know, we have to take that uh, guy over. Wow. Yeah. So you guys can't once once somebody's in the union, as long as they're paying their dues, uh, you you have to represent them despite better judgment. Yeah, exactly. And it's all wow. based off of you, off the federal government. So we've been lobbying the federal government for ages saying, please allow us to have a little more, you know, listen, hey, we'll show you the five consecutive layoffs or we'll show you the paperwork showing the guy was high on the job site or whatever you need to see. We'll provide the validation, but you need to give us the power to get rid of them. We've Man. been doing that ready since I started 21 years ago and we're still back at the same place. So, you know, 
that handcuffs unions as well, because you got to remember, you're only as strong as your members, period, at the end of the day. They're the ones in the field representing you. So if they're weak, guess what? Your union's weak. <laughs> right. And that's, that's kind of, yeah. And that's actually one of the, the things that I always hear the argument is that, you know, the unions protect the lazy and they protect, um, like one of the guys that I that I currently work work with, he, he was represented out of, out of a union out of Memphis. I think it was in Memphis. I can't remember exactly, but it was in. Oh, sure. He's from uh, the Tennessee area. Nice, sure, and, sure. Uh, and uh, they had a big the this is the trucking industry, and he they had a big union um, down there. And when they were trying to vote the union in and out, like they they. Uh, they uh like those union guys were getting like like aggressive like his he said that his dad or maybe it wasn't his dad but somebody at that at that office somebody the guy came in you know he broke the union line and he was he was driving and uh mm-hmm. they they opened up the door and stabbed him in the leg what? you know as, 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 yeah as he was in the truck you know like <laughs> what the hell? yeah like I mean, they were getting aggressive and I've i've heard that before like Somebody was saying, like, uh, I think it was a maybe Joe Rogan episode, but he was talking about, you know, if you if you drove like a foreign vehicle into like Detroit, where the, the mechanics unions were, you know, like all those guys down there, they would uh-huh. destroy your vehicle. You yeah. know, like if if you had a foreign car and you brought it into that that area, they they just absolutely leveled your your shit. You know? And I could totally see that happening because. <clears throat> All right. Uh, I have a foreign vehicle. And, uh, you know, listen, and I'll tell you something and I'll tell you why. And it's not just a story. It's the truth. I mm-hmm. owned American vehicles since I was a child. Um, what it turned me off was uh, and I, I guess it boils back to unions. They build a really shitty car. I bought a 2001 Monte Carlo Chevy Monte Carlo with my own money, my own hard earned money, paying my grandmother back at a rate of 350 a month. You know, at, at whatever I was, 21, 22 years old, busting my ass, going to school, all this crap. And the car was the biggest piece of crap I ever drove in my fucking life. And can I tell you, they took it back off the lemon law. They lied to me, made up different freaking things so that it wasn't the same thing three times. Oh, yeah, dude, they... It was a nightmare. I, it was at one point I had to get escorted by the police because I told the manager I was going to wait for him to go home because I was going to beat the fucking ever living shit out. <laughs> I, 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 swear, I was livid. I was beyond livid because, you know, the call should have been on the lemon law. But I obviously, again, this goes back to corporate, you know, big guy, little guy. What the hell am I going to do, man? So, you know, I ain't got no type of money for a lawyer. So whatever. Long story short. I probably spent as much, if not more, to fix the car than I paid for the car. That was the last mm-hmm. time I ever bought an American car. I do have a 71 Mustang that I cherish and I love. And um, But, yeah, no, I would never. So, so I was coming to a, an event. We have the Golden Gloves boxing event. I don't know if you guys – I don't know if it's worldwide or um, nationwide. Yeah, I know what it is, yeah. You know what? It's okay. Cool. So we hold that at our at our lodge. We have, like, an auditorium, and, and we hold it there. And yeah. – uh, Oh, yeah, dude, it's great. And I'm cool with all the security guards. They're like, yo, James, don't worry, man. Bring your car. You you, you, know, you park it in your regular spot in the lot. I'm like, all right, cool. So, dude, I'm sitting there and I'm driving up the driveway and I see the, the president of the union smoking a cigar. And, he, man, he gave me the fucking only look you can ever give someone. And he goes, yeah, I've seen this car before. I guess he could come in. Goes like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
he looked at me. I said, I was like, Mr. Erickson, I said, I you know, nothing but respect, sir. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, go, go, go. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I drove off because, yeah, man, he gave me the only look. And like you said, I'm like, I'm taking pictures of my car before I'm going in. I'm like, shit, man, this thing's going to be burnt by the time I come out. And not, they, they didn't do anything. But, yeah, no, I, I could see that that those types of tactics being held because that's what they used to do when they had the backing of those bad people. And right. this is how they wanted things. And unfortunately, you know, it's a kick up. I mean, look, I hate to say it. I, I've audited contractors and it, it, su- it sucks that that element exists, but it does. Um, there's an area in Brooklyn and it's, it's, it's a lot of Russian. And let me tell you, you go over there and I'm more than these companies and they're telling me how they have to give kickbacks to these guys. I'm like, what? I'm like, you see, oh, they're worse than the Italians. I'm like, excuse me. Like, I couldn't believe this type of stuff is still taking place in today's society, but it, they're yeah. that type of element, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's a big, that's a big, uh, see, and, that, and then that, that corruption is it, the thing is too, is that it kind of only gets worse, right? Like as, as, as long as you let these things fester, they're like open yes. wounds. And yes. they just keep getting, they just keep get pro- pro- progressively worse. One of the things that, um, like I saw, like this particular coworker, because like where I'm at now that we don't have a union and the company, my job is pretty easy. Like I don't see a need necessarily for union representation currently. That's so good. it's, it, you know, like, like that's the way to me it makes sense, right? Like if, if you're, if this company really is interested in not having a union get involved with their, their internal affairs, you pay your guys well enough that they don't have to contact the union. That's right. right? It's, it seems fairly. It seems fairly simple. Like I don't. I don't know. But anyway, it's extremely simple. It is. You just said it. Yeah. It's extremely simple. Yeah. And, but he was saying like, um, like I saw something because like some days for us we can we can if there's if there's not a a, a lot of freight to move mm-hmm. we can opt to take the day off, which is kind of nice, you know. Oh wow. Um, but but like the, the these other places they are protected by the union so they can take days off whenever they want. So then they, the company turns around and has to incentivize um, them to come in and work a five day work week, despite the freight. So this was one of the arguments that I heard somebody make about the, the, the supply chain choke up in California. They said that the dock workers were represented by unions and they were only allowed to work eight hour days. So Mm -hmm. they, they wouldn't work more than eight hours, despite the fact that there was this giant supply choke up there that was causing massive problems to the U.S. economy, mm-hmm. well, the world economy, honestly. But, uh, you know, they, they, he, he was I don't know necessarily how true that is because I, I never really looked into it, but he was saying I did that, a little bit. I did a little bit. Yeah. Is that, I mean, is that kind of what you found is that? Well. So you found two. So there was a few layers that I found. You're correct. So so the one layer is the dock workers. Then you also had the truckers, from what I had heard. I heard that they were also doing something with them as well, that, oh, they weren't allowing any non-unionized uh, truckers to come into the ports. And then, but then um... I also, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I also heard another layer. I also heard the COVID, that they were, they California was making it so that it also the truckers had to be union and they had to be vaccinated. So if you didn't have neither, uh... nobody was driving that damn truck. Yeah. So that was asinine. And they said right. that it could 
it could have been resolved with like a quick, you know, like signing of a bill or a passage or something from what I've heard. But again, it's never that easy. But uh, yeah, no, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. The whole world has to suffer because these guys want to be assholes. I mean, that that's just absurd. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty. And that's uh, what and that's, uh, you know, back to my libertarian stance is like, you know, government shouldn't be involved in every aspect. You know, there's some common sense shit that it's like, you know, we should be able to kind of institute our own processes. And then mm-hmm. if 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 and in the event of that, that, you know, we can't come to an agreement, then I understand why unions and why government should get involved. But it's it, it's it's just there, there's so much bureaucracy and red tape, like the oil issue right now. Right. The, the oil drilling. So uh-huh. a lot of these guys right now, they don't want to drill because they lost a lot during the covid. So. Mm-hmm. They, but they're they can still right now they're recouping all their losses while oil's high, so they're not mm-hmm. going to spend any money to drill, even though they know that that'll help the economy because mm-hmm. they're making more money selling the stuff they had on reserve without doing any of the work. What? Yeah, so th- you know, and th- this that's just that's just where we're at, and you don't see our our politicians. This is the kind of situation where they need to step in and say something. But, uh, they won't, but they because, won't because, you know, you got lobbyists in their back pocket telling them, hey, you know, let's just uh, stretch this out a little bit longer and uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll ride these coattails for a little bit. You know, oh. it's just stupid, stupid shit. That, like shit that. Yeah, that shit kills me, though, Eddie. That shit kills me. Is that can I tell you when I worked in the union? This is what killed me. I was in a man. I was in ditches digging. We were hand digging uh, water main lines. We had to expose water mains. So down in Manhattan, you're talking. We were down by Wall Street. We're right by Wall Street. You know, there's all types. Of, we got the inspectors there marking off. Don't go here. Don't drill there. This, that. So all we had was the operator break the blacktop. And then from there it was all hand digging this, that I busted my darn butt. OK, I mean, man, I, I would come into work raring to go. My boss loved me. And can I tell you, you know what I had? Of course, man. The guy turning around saying to me, hey, 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 buddy, buddy, what are you doing? I'm like, look at him. What do you think I'm doing? I'm working. Leave me alone. And I, I that's how I was. I put my head down. I'm digging, digging. He's like, buddy, slow down. I'm like, excuse me? I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I, I swear to God. He, he looks at me. You're making us look bad. And he meant it. I, I, yeah. first, I bust him off. I'm like, get the hell away from me, dude. I'm working. Shut the hell up. And I'm working. That's how I was raised. So next thing you know, he goes again. Hey, buddy, I told you again. Slow down, man. And as he was serious. They do it like this. I'm like, wow. I said, then you want to know why you guys don't get jobs? I'm like, get the hell out of here, man. I said, you're the reason why a union gets a bad name. I told him, I said, right. do, yourself, I said do yourself a favor. Mind your own fucking business. And I turned back around and I kept digging. And you know what? At the end of the day, Eddie, the foreman came up to me and said, Jimmy, want some overtime? I'm like, oh, hell yeah, man. He's like, yo, come in Sunday. He goes, it's all double time. He goes, I got you, buddy, because I worked. You think the other guy he was asking? But then, oh, but the other guy would make it, oh, well, I'm of this skin color. Look at him. He, he's No, it's not. It's because I busted my ass and you didn't. You wanted to sit there and pansy around and milk the clock, and I want to get the goddamn job done. <laughs> There's a difference. Right. And in, in that situation, though, too, like if you got – so, like for example, you were you were busting your ass and and doing the work, but if that guy was your senior and they offered you the overtime, wouldn't that fall back on that guy? Like, could that couldn't that guy go and and say, hey, this they offered overtime to this the newer guy, and I didn't get offered overtime? Oh, absolutely, oh, absolutely, and, and and you're correct, and that's what the foreman said to me. 
The foreman said, I don't give a shit what the rep says. He said, if he comes down and he says anything, I'm going to tell him straight, plain and simple. I gave Jimmy the overtime because he probably produced about four to five times as much as the other guy. So that's right. exactly what he told me. He goes, dude, the proof's in the pudding. He's sitting there giving me steel plates. James, go bring this down here. Jimmy, bring this down here. I'm, I'm, I'm humping shit left and right. This guy's sitting there so, still on his first little dirt mound, you know, sitting there playing with the pebbles. I'm like, really, dude? Like, <laughs> you, you, you're getting paid 50-some-odd bucks an hour with your benefits. Like, buddy, pretend like you're getting paid 50-some-odd bucks an hour with, you know? <laughs> I don't know. That's the way I feel. I feel like, yo, this employer is giving me a really good pay rate. I got pension coming in, annuity fund, all this great stuff, benefits i never seen in my life. I mean, Eddie, I was like 23 years old, man. I'm like, ha, in the highlight of my life, I'm getting paychecks like $1,000. Like, oh, my God, this is sick, you know? And it, it, it was insane. And I'm like, that's why. So, you know, I was, that, that's another reason why I was fond of unions. But again, but it's also, like you said, that mentality. These guys have that, like, like it's, um, they, they don't have to earn it. It's, it's like an entitlement almost. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Right, right, right. And that's what pisses me off, man. Nothing in life is an entitlement, okay? You know, you need to work for what you have in your darn life. You can't just sit back and say, oh, well, I'm entitled to this because I'm of a certain ethnicity or I'm from a certain culture. Or this, No, it doesn't work that way, man. I mean, yes, maybe it does in real life. You, you mentioned the fact of how I, that's actually really amazing that they would go out and find a different leader to train and not the son because – I hate to say it, any uh, real life experience, what I experience in these construction companies, they pass it down to the sun. And right. guess what? Nine times out of 10, the sun runs it into the goddamn ground. Yeah, the, the, the usually, and then there's, there's statistics, like legit statistics that show that, you know, nepotism leads to, leads to more corruption, right? Like, look, look at the Waltons. You know, like, like, like when, when, the, when the dad started the process, he was all about taking care of the distributor. And then when, when the kids took it over, they could give two shits. $4 more per lock. You're going to Target. And she's never went to one. After I explained to her what they do and their, their business practices and what they do to these manufacturers, it's disgusting. Like how they put right. pressure on them to put them out of business. You're, are you familiar with those business practices? Oh, that yeah. Oh, my God, dude. I, when I explain that to people, they go, they really do that? I go, yeah. I go, they'll go to Welch's and say, hey, you need to give us our jelly at five cents less per jar. And Welch's says, well, hey, we, we can't, we, we, we're going to lose money if we do it. And, and they say, well, guess what then? We're going to go to Smucker's. And we'll just buy their jelly. So have a nice day. But wait, you make up 35% of our business. Bye-bye, Welch's. So, you know, it, it's really disgusting, and, and they do that on purpose. They do that intentionally, which makes it yeah, because they they purchase it volume, so they think they deserve a a better a better piece of the pie out of it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah and, and and I maybe I need a, a harsh uh, New York accent to tell them <laughs> because they don't listen to me when I tell them. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, bro. I say yeah, yeah. You can take whatever you need, baby. I'm sorry, my 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 wife. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, absolutely. I just don't get it. I mean, when I put that's that's the thing, already, and that's what I'm noticing overall in a lot of the topics that's that's taking place in, in society today is is education. Is people are not taking the time to do their own homework. People just regurgitate what they hear, you know, talking points off the, the web or off a of CNN or off a of Fox and they take it as the gospel and they run with it. And guess what? Right. They make, they make other people stupid. And it's, right. it's a shame. It's a travesty because there's not more people in this world that take the time like to do a little bit of homework. And as speaking of which, I just wanted to correct something that 10.3%, guess what? The public and private sector is actually cut right down the middle. 
it, it, oh. it's costing. Yes, 50 percent uh, public sector, fifty percent private sector. So, but but okay. from statistics showing, the private sector is reducing year by year. But again, I see it from a fund level. We had a lot of people, Eddie. So these statistics are a little skewed, and I'll tell you why. We had a lot of our members leave because, you know, COVID, um, everything like that. So we had, a, you know, and I see the numbers because I also do like the retirement uh, percentages. And um, yeah, man, it was a big drop off. We had a lot of people retire over the last few years because of COVID and everything else. So it's, it's, that's the problem too. You add that to it and it creates such a, my God, such a volatile situation because you have so many layers involved now. It, it's, so you got your, your typical union fight, right? Between the non-union and oh, on top of it, let's just chuck COVID into the mix. And now our unemployment's at 11%. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, that's kind of just to your point where you're talking about education. It's it's funny because like uh, that's one of the things that I like about those. I'll start. I'll send you some of the videos that I watch. But like, please, they're they they um they're they when they talk about the news, they talk about what people reference in in mainstream, and they're like nobody talks about this stuff. Nobody talks yeah. about union yeah. representation. They don't talk about people trying to to unionize in different places like Starbucks is trying to unionize. You don't hear a lot about that. You don't hear no. about, You're you don't hear about, you told me that Eddie, you're the first yeah, person. That's you, you know, like, and, and, and there are, there are some weirdness in there too. Cause I was thinking about it. My wife brought it up. She's like, isn't Starbucks supposed to be kind of like a, cause my wife worked there. And mm -hmm. when she, she went in there, they, they were about, cause they give you benefits at part-time part-time uh hours you get benefits really they, they reimburse your college what? so it was yeah i was like i was like that's crazy like that's that awesome. was when my wife was there she worked there for about six months and then she got like an actual job in her field but wow. uh it was back in like 2008 2009 that's but incredible. It, it was it was crazy though like um you know after i heard they were getting unionized or whatever and she's like well I always thought that this was a transitionary job. Like it wasn't supposed to be a normal job, but I think part of it too is that, and that's probably true at this, but it, I think part of it too is that people are, people are having to stay and do multiple jobs, you know, like, with, yeah. with, with that, you know, you need one in two jobs to even make ends meet. Like my son works, he, where he's at now, he's working full time at the hospital as a dishwasher. Wow. And he he doesn't make enough to pay rent and have a place of his own and stuff like that. I don't. I, like, I don't know how you would be able to do that. <laughs> you know, like it's I, no, it, it is crazy. It kills me. It kills me that. And then you're expected to. And then these corporations pat themselves on the back because they gave you fifteen bucks an hour. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. And then that shoe that is no. Yeah. <laughs> so my wife, the the hospital my wife works for is a nonprofit, or my son, it's a nonprofit hospital. Okay. But these guys are making almost two million a year. These CEOs, and there's like seven or eight of them, you know. So you're you're looking at almost a billion dollars a year just in wages to the Whoa. top earning executives of the hospital. You Whoa. know, crazy. crazy. Wow, that's psychotic. Oh, I got something better for you. You know what? If they're since they're a non for profit, they have to disclose. You can take a look on the uh, web. Look up and uh, look up their 990. It's public information. They have to and they have to divulge who is the top. I think it's the top ten earners in the company. So it's mm. all public. Yeah, it's all public information. So they have. Well, to I think yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm pretty sure they skirt the loopholes as much as they possibly can. You know? <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's insane, man. I just, but again, again, it goes back to that corruption thing. It's like, yeah, I get it. You're a doctor. You, you know, you went to school for X amount of years. You know, I, I completely understand that. Like, I, I respect your hard work and the fact that you do all this stuff. But what have you done recently for the society that makes you think that you deserve that much money? Thank you. You know, Thank like you. <laughs> what the hell, man? Who do you think you are? Like, what do you? I don't get it. It's just, it's just crazy. Because, like, the the overall premise is like, you know, like to me, teachers should be making the most money. Um, people that create, build construction, road workers, truck drivers, doctors, nurses, like the people that deal with keeping society running. That's where the majority of the money should be, right? But that's not our 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 economy is not built that way. It's built in an outward position. Well, man, you know what? I really appreciated you coming on and talking about this. You got any closing thoughts on uh, on? Oh uh... uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I sure do. You know what? I, I, what I could say, and Eddie, Eddie, thank you so much for having me on the show. I, I really appreciate it, and I appreciated uh, speaking with you and hearing different perspectives. And you know what I want to leave people with is that you know, look, man, unions, like you said, um, I'm a very firm believer in just workers' rights. Okay, however we get that across. I don't care if it's a union. I don't care what it is. I just want the average man that, like you said, the average Joe, man, the, the average Joe is what makes this country run. Okay. You know, the truck driver, this, that. When I go to work every day, I know every single person in my building. And I, I kid you not, we got about 300 people in my building. I am not kidding you. I maybe don't know about five to six people. I talk to everyone there, the maintenance guys, these guys, because you know what? We're all important. We all make that building run. The guys who are going around cleaning everything up and making everything nicey, nicey for us, man, you thank them. Every year I go give them a Christmas gift. I take care of them because these are the people that make this world run. So that that's, I just want to leave it at that. We need to, we need to recognize that the working man, the working woman, uh, child, everyone, we need fair rights. We need fair wages and this wealth gap's got to be closed. That's all. <laughs> yeah, no, brother. yeah, no, it was good. It's good talking to you. I know yeah. I've been, I've been saying that the last couple of episodes, you know, the power to the people it's, it's, uh, it's been a, uh, I think it's a, a phrase that people have kind of forgotten that, you know, this, this country is all built on, you know, and I, I, I get that world issues are world issues, but like this country and its people are supposed to be the government and we're yeah. supposed yeah. to make the, the position of that, you know, so I love it again. I, I appreciate it, Jim, uh, Jim, Jimmy James. It's all uh, good, brother. Any, any which way, Ed, Eddie, it's all good. Edward. <laughs> yeah, it was great talking to you, brother. And uh, I'll uh, give you a holler later. You have a good day. You as well, man. Thanks, Eddie. It's a pleasure, man. Have a great day, brother. All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. What do you think? Pretty amazing guy, right? The uh, discussion itself was a very passionate discussion. Uh, you know, James being from where he's from, obviously, is <laughs> a, a lot of passionate people that are out that way. And I think that, that particular field that he's been in for damn near three decades is a very passionate field. But shout out to him. Much respect to him and his patience and uh, him coming onto the show. Thank you guys for getting through the episode i appreciate you that have listened to this episode i know it was long there's a q a if you are a spotify listener check it out on the back end you can respond interact with the podcast a little bit again thank you everybody i love you all have a good one